Season 2, Episode 1, Transition of Power. So, man, let's just get into some house rules. All views are welcome to be shared, although each view expressed can be challenged in the most respectful manner. All views expressed are meant to engage meaningful thought and confront power with truth. The thoughts and insights discussed on this medium are meant to establish a framework of diverse, engaging, and legacy dialogue. We all agree HBCUs are the halo for our culture, and homecoming is a lifestyle. The foundation of our democracy in America should be built on the sole principle that there will and should always be a peaceful transition of power. And that transition of power should strategically and logistically align with how the people voted. It is now January 17th, and I, we don't like to date ourselves on how when we record these. However, we're just calling out the date because about a week and a half ago, it was January 6th. And that date, January 6th, will be forever remembered as a stain on our nation's history. So what we're going to do is just talk about the transition of power, not necessarily at the top level politically, but sometimes in your own, you know, individual journeys. So we're going to talk about just what transition of power means to each of us politically, individually, and just moving forward. So I'll start off, I would say, um, we'll start with the political front. It is really ironic that a lot of people in our society want to now just move on and heal. I don't think the transition of power, you know, in this sense, from a political standpoint, is at a position where we can just move on and heal. We have to address the BS, speak truth to power, fix it, remedy it, and then move on. So I will start with you, Vince. What do you think about the events that um, have recently unfolded and also um, just like the overall topic that we're talking about, the transition of power? Yeah, I think, man, to be honest, um, you know, we, we, you know, as black people, we have such a keen insight on like the continuation of bullshit that's existed in America for so long, right? And so, I think, unfortunately, what January six taught us, or, or or reaffirmed for us, for those who've been, you know, marginalized or underrepresented for so long. Is what we always knew, right? That there was a set of rules, you know, uh, for, you know, white people and everyone else. And so even when this transition of power thing, you know, comes about, I think about, you know, this, you know, this in a historical context, because that's a lot of times, you know, where my work is situated. And I think, you know, there's always compromises, you know, with like transition power. So like I remember when when the Bush Gore presidential, you know, uh, election was you know, was going on. And I remember sitting I I lived in Signature Place in Marietta off Palace Ferry, Greg. 
and, and during that election, a couple, I was with three of my homeboys who, you know, you know, in, in that area. And I remember we was watching the election as young teenagers, or you know, late teenagers, early early adults, and they called Florida for for Gore, and then Bush came on, but whatever, and he's like, well, I don't know why they call. Uh, Florida for Gore, we got a whole lot of elections going on, blah, 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 right? And, and, and so next thing you know, their newscast, you know, took the call back. Instead of calling it for Gore, they said now, you know, it was too close to call, whatever whatever language they were using in 20, in the, in, 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 you know, during that time. So, you know, this transition of, this, this peaceful transition of power, I think it's always been, you know, a little fuzzy. Because it's always been contested by voter suppression. It's always been, you know, it's always been, I shouldn't say, it's always been, I shouldn't say contested. It's always been infused by voter suppression. It's always been infused by a whole lot of variables, right? You know, we can go back to Reconstruction and think about how the end of Reconstruction happened. So there's always been these things when, when, when America's always said, well, America's always had a peaceful transition of power. You have to really look at the nuances and, 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 and a whole lot of other things besides that. So. You know, a, a long story, a long answer to a short question is that I don't necessarily, I think January 6th is a continuation more so than an anomaly of, 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 of what America history has been. And, and, and we have seen that on the micro level here in Georgia, where we've seen fucking, you know, elections pretty much, you know, stolen because of voter suppression. You know, that's why Kemp dumbass is in the office, uh, you know, is in the, you know, uh, governor's mansion now. You know, we can go back to when the damn Talmadges was running Georgia and the governorship where they were, where dead people were voting, you know, in Georgia. And so there's the history of unequal voting practices uh, that's always existed in American politics that I think is, 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 we need to really push that when we talk about transition of power. And so my thing is that, you know, this this thing, this insurrection or rioting, whatever you want to call it, is to me a continuation of the of the of of, of the of the of the of the messiness of American politics. It's always been there since, you know, the beginning of, of, of its foundation. But continuing with that theme and not to lead the witness like how you're saying, it's a continuation. Right. Greg, I would say, and I want you to weigh in on this part of it, is that seeing who was at the Capitol, seeing right. how they operate, we have outlets, media, constituents, whomever, saying, I cannot believe this. I mean, we all grew up in the South. The way these white people acted, it did not surprise me. I mean, were you surprised? Right. No, there was a there was a noose out there. I was like, okay, that's this is that's who sentiment. This is who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only thing that su- I wouldn't even say surprised me is because if we go back a couple of episodes, like I said, my bar on people is so low that. Yeah, yeah. I got to dig dirt, bro. These people really thought that they elected a celebrity 
who has no constitutional knowledge or acu or political acumen, and he's getting up there yelling and arguing on conspiracy theories, and they really thought that they could overturn the election based on an idiot's words. Right. Greg, yeah. am I right? I that, that's the, to me, I think that's the frustrating, that's the frustrating part, yo, is that I don't even necessarily know white people thinking that deeply about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I honestly think, like, you know, you had motherfuckers, man, who, who stormed the Capitol, and they went to a hotel bar and was having goddamn drinks after that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't somebody that's really trying to up, overthrow no damn government. And no, so no, no, no. Have to be I, careful. No, no, no. I, I, I hear you, but I also would add to what you're saying. It's not right. that I don't think that they did not think that deeply about it. I think right. it's more so they've been able to get away with so much tyr tyranny and just shit that's not true that they don't think about the consequences. Like, I think a lot of people in America are just sheep. They'll follow whomever they, you know what I'm saying, who's ever quote-unquote in charge or a proverbial leader or something yeah. like that. So whatever he says, I think they thought, oh, this is true. This is factual. But we know it's not factual. You know, it's just like a dude come and say. But, yeah, but, I, but, I'm, but that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm thinking like what I'm saying, I don't even think they thought that deep about it. I think what white what, what what we have learned, you know what I'm saying, like if we look at just empirical data, you know, like it's no it was it's no rational reason what poor white people should have ever, ever got behind the institution of slavery. Like it's no like and so I think and, and we can move to Jim Crow, we can move to mass cause race, we can move to whatever era we want to move into. We have to get to a point where, like, there is no justification for the unjustifiable. And what, what, what we see in January 6th is a continuation of the unjustifiable, right? And we have to call it that. It's, it's no, anybody, like, it's anybody who goes out and say, I want to, overthrow the government or this this is unfair and this election and you sitting in the goddamn hotel where you paying and this dc right so you're not paying anywhere anywhere on the capital you're not paying i've been in the area i i, I, I you ain't paying nowhere than less than 120 130 grand 140 200 a night in any hotel in the area right i mean and let's just let, this, let's just keep it a buck i mean they knew the crowds were coming, so those were marked right. up at 150, 200%. So you're not paying anywhere less than three, 400 bucks a night. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, so, so think about that. And so you sit your ass, you, you, do, you storm the Capitol and do all this shit, which, you know, piss on the ground, do all this shit. Then you go sit in a damn hotel room or a hotel lobby and drink and talk. You know, like to me, that is, that is like, that is not the behavior, right, of somebody who wants to really prevent the transition of power. Like what, what they thought, I, I think what, what they thought is that they were following this dumbass, we're going to go mess up some stuff, and we're going to go back to our lives, whatever the case may be. 
And I, when we talk about, I, I think the transition of power phrase, what, what, what I would argue it's always been like the peaceful transition of power is always infused again with all of these inequities, whether it be voter suppression, whether you be throwing out voter, whether you be throwing out, you know, you know, a whole lot of stuff. So, so for black people, as, as, as Frederick, you know, Douglas said, you know, what is 4th of July to me, you know, in the 1850s or, you know, something like that. I would argue, what is transitional power for the marginalized? What does that mean? Yeah, if if, if I'm handing over transitional white people to white people, white people to Obama, and then back to white people, you know, <laughs> you know, like what 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 does that phrase really mean? Like, you know, a peaceful transition when you have done so much to remove people from participating in 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 in, in, in that arena. So well, so who, well, and I think. Me, I, I, I think I it. Like, what, where's the peace coming from? I think it takes on a different connotation, because, and I hear you, and I a hundred percent agree with you. But I think for the seventy-five million who voted for him, now all of a sudden you want to take on a different connotation because your guy didn't win. Right, right. So right, now absolutely. it's yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying. Like before, it should always be peaceful. You know what I'm yeah. saying in their eyes for us because of some of the things that you have mentioned we know that it's sometimes two to one where our votes not even getting counted hell we couldn't even vote and you talk about a transition of power i agree with you but like for instance greg and you could speak to this it's like could you imagine how if obama won or you know what i'm saying uh he knew how bad Trump was coming in and he didn't even play the role of hosting him going to the inauguration going, you know what I'm saying? And having a quote unquote transition of power, how that would have looked. It would look bad. And I know when we talked about this in early episodes, <laughs> it just seems like we have to do everything by the, by the book. We can't deviate off. off that. <laughs> but uh, who wrote the, shoot, the book? I mean, Obama, Wore what the tan was it the brown suit and you know that was new. Just think how minuscule that is now with the last four years of you know what we've had to deal with. You know one of the things you know with the earlier question, both y'all made good points and you were saying how ironic <laughs> and you know not not to bring sports back into this but you know well he brought the president brought sports into it you know with. You know, protesting and you know the the country, constitution, pride. But you know, you're you're saying how ironic it is. You know, when it's not your favorite, it's a political party over the country. You know, that just you know us, the marginalized folks. You know, we, we we're just sitting, we're observing, and like I said, we're not surprised. We're like, okay, that's we knew it. That's why we were speaking up earlier. Right. So that's very ironic. And- I'm glad you brought that point up, G, about, you know, the those who are marginalized are, are supposed to be the best. Like, to be, what I would, like, what I would like, what I want, and I don't necessarily know if this is the benefit of this podcast show, so if I'm about to fuck out through the hallway, you know, <laughs> I apologize. But for one time, man, I just want Obama to be, like, that barbecue-ass nigga. A nigga. You know what I'm saying? 
like the shit we said barbecues about white people. I want Obama to be that because I think he had every right to be that at Trump. Like, man, this motherfucker is stupid. Like, I think Obama. If any time, if any time, you should adopted a Tupac goddamn attitude. Obama should be like, man, I gave y'all eight years. Eight years, bro. No goddamn, sh- you know, no damn, no damn scandal, no whatever, blah blah blah. Like y'all, and I ain't saying Obama's perfect because I got my own issues with that nigga, right, right, right. But as far as somebody where he started from, right, gotta you know into this shit with Bush dumbass. And, and I just want to bring this up, yo. Maybe it's another podcast, but it's not a, it's not, it's not a coincidence. That when Bush left office, the ground underneath our feet was unstable. And it's not a coincidence, his dumbass, as Trump leave office, the ground is underneath our feet. It is unstable. Because when you when you elect two dumbasses, you get shit that ain't stable. So that's a whole other podcast. But one thing, to your point, Greg, what I wish Obama, I think to, to, to your point, in hindsight, I think Obama should have just been much more confrontational with Trump. Like, this dude is not qualified for this position. You all have made a gross error by, and he could have brought a race, he could have brought up, you know, elitism. I mean, because Trump, this dude, you know, he, you know he, he, he was born into this, you know, into wealth. Right? And so, to this, again, I think, go back to the transition of power, I think there's a lot of nuances, bro. A lot of things we need to really kind of tease out. It's a lot of, you know, layers in the onion that we need to really, you know, if 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 the transition of power just simply means there's no coup, then to me that's a basic ass level. That's a that's exactly. a rudimentary ass level of a transition of power. Exactly. So because you, ain't got, you know what I'm saying? Just because you ain't got motherfuckers fighting military, fighting in the streets and, and, and killing each other, if, if that's your if that's your def, if that's your definition to me, that's like a a very low ass bar when you talk about you know transition power. So to me in the, in America, I would argue that there's never been a, tra- a peaceful transition of power because because voting has always been infused with suppression. Voting has always been infused with people not being uh, allowed to the ballot at, at equal you know uh, equal access. So I'm ne- you know. If, if I'm working on my definition of, of of a transition of power, I would say this is a little. It, it has a. a, a it, it, it it's not as fancy, you know. what I'm saying it, the, the decorum of it is a little different. But you know what Trump is talking about. He was doing the same. Like what what is Trump saying differently than people saying? Like why y'all counting them damn black votes? Why y'all letting Atlanta? Why y'all let Metro right. decide who the fuck the president is? Why y'all let Philadelphia decide? Why y'all that, that's essentially what he's saying? And that's that's America. That's essentially what Trump is saying. And he ain't saying shit differently than, than, than governors have said, than than, than Kemp said in Georgia in damn 2000, what, 20, what was it, 20, 2018. He ain't said shit different than Bush said. I mean, that, that, that that's what he's saying. So mm. how's that, how is now this not a transition of power, but the other ones have been a transition of power. So, Greg, what Vince is saying, and I'll paraphrase mm-hmm. it for our audience, right. is he does not want Tupac dear mama. He want Obama to be Tupac hit him up. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I dear mean, because we don't have time for Dear Mama. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think in some respects, dude did, you know what I'm saying, step out, you know, the ex-presidential role, but could he have done more? And, you know, yeah, we can make that argument. I think all of us, for the record, you know, would say definitely yes. But I would say to each is his own. It couldn't be me. Because you're not going to, I mean, bruh, you, to me, and I'm not saying this lightly, that dude Obama is so smooth, man. When he talking and walking sometimes, it looked like that motherfucker is gliding on air. Oh no, Obama, Obama is the coolest nigga of the twenties. Like he is he, the coolest. Like he, he is so I, I, I get I give you give props what props do. Obama yeah. is the coolest. He like, is just, so like, eloquent and smart. Billy Wiggins is the goddamn uh, uh, the twenty twenty first century. I mean, I'm putting like to me, like like you say, like just as cool. Like, you know, growing up, like you say, Billy D, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You see yeah. Dr. J, like them dudes, just, it looked like they walking cool. on air, bro. They, they, and that's who yeah. he is. Like, he could have crushed this dude without even saying, like, a harsh word. That's yeah. just who he is. But, you know, for us, I I mean, let's get hit him up versus dear mama. And that's, that's what it is. I, I think, think and, and people don't understand, like, and I know, let, let, let's, 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 because we don't know who the audience is, so let's, let's, let's. Let's, let's tease out the, 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 the hit him up. So I want to say for full disclosure, hit him up was a very disrespectful ass uh, <laughs> song. And I don't condone pop talking about fucking no man's wife. Or, you know, I, so I, let's, let's be clear about that. Cause I don't want the, I don't want, I don't want our Morehouse cast from that New York region. You know what I'm saying? Turning us off thinking we could, you know what I'm saying? Hit him up. What I am saying though, what I am saying, when Pac came out, we hit him up. It was a line drawn in the sand. You knew, you knew exactly where he stood. What side, you know what I'm saying? You were on, right? And I think in, in in that spirit, Obama could have drawn a line, right, as he was leaving office to say, "This is this is the line America has drawn." Y'all have. You, this is this is what you chose. Like I gave you eight years, I brought your ass back from the brink of this economic calamity, and y'all chose this dumbass, right? And to me, the Tupacian approach would have been a hit him up approach. Greg, what and did you, uh what did what, Sam what what did Samuel say in the time to kill? It's a it's a what did, what did he say? Uh, it's a time to kill and uh damn what did, what was his line in that? It'll come to me. What I remember Samuel saying, "Time to kill." I, I wish they burn in hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they burn in hell. Yeah, that's, that's what I remember Samuel saying. I, yeah. But you know, one of the things that I thought about through, like, whatever, like we refer to it as a transition of power, but basically we're talking about the so-called insurrection. What gets me is the the pseudo symbolic nature of it all. Like America praises some symbolism more than any other country. And I haven't traveled as much as you Vince or, you know, but just studying work like, you know, it was, we were ready three years, two years, one year ago to shoot folks dead in the street 
for removing Confederate monuments and yeah. kneeling at a, you know what I'm saying, at the sign of a flag. Now it's okay. And the symbolism of storming what's the quote unquote second most sacred and guarded house in America is okay. Like, 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 like Greg, what is that? Like, speak on. I don't know. Is it? Is it that well guarded? Is it the second most guarded? Well, clearly not. If, <laughs> hey, if it's that guarded, I don't want no parts of it. Yeah, I, don't, I, ain't, going, I ain't going that motherfucker. I tell you oh. that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, maybe we need to rethink. You know, we need to rethink all that. Because that definitely ain't the second most guarded place. <laughs> but it is, though. But think about it, Greg. It, it, it would have been the second most guarded if you ain't got a crook. Telling the damn that's the thing about it, you know what I'm saying? It's like it shit layer. If if people watch, bro, mm-hmm. and I pay attention to this at first, but if you watch, man, those cops came down on the Capitol steps and they said something. I don't know what they said, and they ran back up the steps, and the folks followed right behind them. Oh, y'all want y'all want to talk about that? <laughs> You know oh, oh, please. Will you go there too? Please, <laughs> please, let's talk so about that's it. That's what I'm saying. No, please, so, let's talk about it so because. the transition of power, bro, it's always undergirded by some kind of, by, by a narrative, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and I, yo, I think you, you, you need to stick on that, bro. Like, America is the, America, man, can tell a damn story, bro. I'm telling you, man, America, I've not seen a place that can tell a story, regardless of what the facts are. Like, Mike Irvin used to say this shit, when I used to watch NFL Network, I don't know if he still say it, but he was like, never let facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> <laughs> and he used to say that shit all the time, and, and that's, that's that's American. That's American. That would probably, it's like, and I don't even know if that pie is American, you see what I'm saying? Like, even I have bought into the fact like I'm sure, who knows the fuck people doing apples in the ancient world, right? But we don't say that America came with apples. My point is, is like America. Like I get, I, I, I am fascinated, and I, I pray we all live to see this day where Greg, your kids will be in college, your your son will be in college, your mom and our son will be in junior high, high school. I would love to see what they textbooks say about this moment. <laughs> right, I I I, I take I, I take I, hold on hold on hold on. Let me interject there. You said you would love to see what their textbooks say at this at that moment. I would yeah. love to see if that moment is even mentioned in their textbook. Oh no, you know it's mentioned. Oh yeah, it's gonna be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely because you can't mention the Trump era without this shit show. Right, you can't mention it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be mentioned. But that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, because you can't, because you, because that this cannot be not. You know, it, it cannot be. Uh-huh. And so my question, again, is that when America, I, I, and that's what my problem again. I just think we need more Tupac than than than, than people have led on. Like we, you need to call out your enemies, bro. You need to call out when you feel like people have done you wrong. You need to call out when something is wrong. And I guarantee, yo, and G, the people are still going to call this a peaceful transition of power. Yeah. I guarantee you, in 20 years, well, it's I still going to say you're saying, 
You're saying down. you're saying in 20 years, look at certain factions of society now. Even in the House and Senate, they're saying now it's a time to heal and a time to move on. Like you're going to be able to suppress this moment. Like people are just going to yeah. be easily forgetting about it. We know right. that that's, you know, an ancient trick in the book. Like, hey, let's just move past it. Now let's heal. For the last six years, when this buffoon came down the elevator, he degraded and tried to desecrate the first black family in the White House. Yeah, he tried. That, that is not peaceful. Right. So now you want to heal and move on. Because, yeah, he did. I mean, supposedly, but I mean, but still, like everything that you, and not only did you come down the elevator and talk about it in a way that was dismissive, disingenuous, all of the words, the adjectives, you know, I can't even think of, but on top of it, you try to desecrate his whole legacy. Like, you didn't have a platform to stand on from a political standpoint. Your whole platform was let me undo whatever this man did. Uh, to be honest, my, I, like the, to me, I think the transition of power thing is a joke. So, but on that note, let's go back earlier to what you said, because I think that is a key piece to like speak on. The, like we have to cease and desist with the continuation of the unjustifiable like that cannot happen i was i was reading something today or yesterday and you know the kid that um 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 tried to be a man and tried to be a hero in wisconsin and shot and killed those two people and everybody on now he's drinking with the Proud Boys. And yeah, now he's drink, yeah. he drinking with the Proud Boys and stuff like that. Kyle like, Rittenhouse. We can't. Yeah, right like, that is... you. Like, that is not okay. Yeah, right, and what? Exactly. And I think what troubles people who have been marginalized in American society for so long is the one guiding principle. And you guys can definitely speak in and speak to it way better than I can is marginalized people a lot, you know, go through a lot. But to me at the core of it is they want equality. They just want to say, Hey, if I was to fuck up, treat me like a fuck up. But if I do everything right, treat me accordingly. We know, we know without a shadow of a doubt, had that been a, for instance, there's a kid in St. Louis who was, I mean, he's grown now. He was protesting during the Michael Brown um, issue or situation right. where he got shot and killed. He set a uh, a trash can on fire and like stumped on top of a police car. He got eight years. He is still in jail. Right. That is re- like, hey, I, I would guarantee, I would guarantee you. These idiots and sheep who went to the Capitol, none of them probably get more than a year, if that. Yeah. Outside of if they can tie one of them to the murder. Meek Mill spoke about that. I think, bro, you know, they're going to 
wives and shit on their hands, bro. These motherfuckers, particularly like the, the people they identify as leaders or, or, or those who are on video, uh, don't get more. Because, I mean, you know, these, these charges, you know, they, they, they serious charges. Um, so, so, you know, they, they, they gonna have to, they gonna deal with that. But to your point, like even that, another example is even, I think in Iowa, somebody like that where the white dude drove a car into a crowd of, a a, a black lives matter protest and he avoided prison. And then like, you know, somebody else who was part of the protest was caught with an unregistered gun and whatever case may be got, you know, like, you know, real, real time. And so, again, I think, you know what I'm saying, your point, like, to what I was saying about you can't justify the unjustifiable, like, this shit, bruh, is so blatant, right? It's it's so in your face, it's so a matter of fact, it it, it, it causes, you know, all of us, I, I, I think, at this moment, to have a real conversation about, you know, what does this mean, you know, going forward? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and, and, and what does it mean for us to keep beholden to some false narrative about American exception? Because the, the, the transition of power, to be honest, it leads into the, like this ideal of American exceptionalism. Like, all of this feeds into a narrative. And so, like, the transition of power, and, and this is the problem. And I'm going to say this because I love the person I'm about to say it to, and we are more house men, so I think I can bring Warnock up, right? And this is my own issue with Warnock, even when he, and this is the problem, and I think what I, what I would like Warnock to talk about is this tension that King talked about why why civil rights leaders shouldn't get into politics. And King always argued about the ideal about, you know, you know losing your moral compass, right? The ideal of, mm-hmm. of, of being true to your moral self. And like even, and I'm not saying Warnock, you know, you know, betrayed is is his moral compass. I'm not saying I love Warnock. That's my pastor. So I'm saying this out of love. But one of the things that I always that cringe me when Warnock talked about his story is only, uh, you know, you know, his story can only be you know told in America, right? That that this 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 poor person out of out of the projects of Savannah could get into Morehouse College and then go on and get his PhD from Union Seminary and all the blah, 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 and become a pastor of Ebenezer and, you know, then become a, the first black United Senate senator of Georgia. That is an exceptional fucking story. That is, that is, that is, mm-hmm. Hollywood would write that story. So I understand what he's saying. But it feeds into a larger narrative about American exceptionalism that I think, again, that, that the transition of power, all of this stuff feeds into like America being exceptional. And to be honest, America's fucking not exceptional. It's, it's, it's it, 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 the, the power dynamics of America is no different than, than one could argue the power dynamics of, uh, you know, throughout the world. There are very few people who are, you know, resourceful and they control the politics of, of, of what's going on. Right. And, 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 and I think, again, what I was saying about, you know, you know, the, you know, you know, some things, you know, the, the unjustifiable is, is that narrative. It's like we have to, at all costs, and I understand, you know, why there are certain, why there are certain 
why certain people have to, you know, move into America exceptionally. Because if you talking about in Georgia trying to, you know, you know, have office, there are certain people who believe in that, right? The transition of power, the peaceful transition of power, or American exceptionally. So you have to speak to them as well, and speak to people like me. But my point is, you know, you do it at a detriment, so you can have a written house walking around, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, on bond because somebody paid 120 some thousand or whatever they paid. Two million. Two, two, two million. Two million. Cash. Oh, two, okay. Two million. And, and, and he ain't even old enough to be in a bar. So he's still breaking rules. No, no, no. In Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, they have an archaic rule that you can go to a bar if you're 18 and drink as long as your parents are there with you. Oh. Sure, sir, you know that. I had to look into it because I, I, I said the same thing. <laughs> I had to do my research and I had I said the same thing when I read the article. Then like how's, he a, how's he at a bar? It's a it's an archaic rule in Wisconsin that if you are eighteen and older, you can drink in a bar as long as you are accompanied by your parents. Okay. But I think to your point, Vince, and this is what I'll speak on as it relates to American exceptionalism is that when you are a successful individual entity company and or country for this matter a lot of times you can have those blinders on the left and the right and you can have tunnel vision I think the American exceptionalism comes into play when you want to say America is great but the piece of it is that nobody ever wants to talk about is the greater than piece. They want to stand on the shoulders of other countries and denounce those countries just to say that we are better. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if we are all trying to be a more civilized world and want the better for all individuals, it necessarily wouldn't be um, this or that, or, you know, it, it's about trying to build up humanity. And I think a lot of that narrative comes into the point of America is great. That's the said, but what the unsaid is, is that we are better than these nations, countries, allies, enemies, or such and such. That's what they're trying to say. And that's why when people get into it, and the narrative comes out that, oh, man, if you don't like America so much, just leave. Well, bitches like this around the globe. Yeah. Everybody thinks, you know what I'm saying, their shit don't stink, so to speak. But they don't want to talk about it. Oh, that's that. definitely the go-to. Yeah, that's the go-to. If you say something, no. <laughs> that, get out, get out, well, then leave. You leave. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Never mind. <laughs> So, I mean, they don't have nowhere to go either, but, you know, it is what it is. Through the Houseway Season 2, we introducing a new segment on the show called Motivational Moment. This moment is to enlighten, inspire, and hopefully give you some light 
during your journey. Darkness always produces light, and throughout every rough time, there's always an opportunity to stay focused and improve and to begin something new. Throughout the last 11 to 12 months, we've been faced with a pandemic that has grappled this nation, grappled many people's finances, grapples many people's day-to-day way of living. And although the wealth gap in America is widening and it seems bleak, remember, some of the greatest brands, companies, and ideas were formed during dark times. For example, Fortune Magazine was founded 90 days after the market crash in 1929. FedEx was founded after the oil crisis in 1973. The panic of 1907 birthed General Motors and UPS. Microsoft was after the recession in 73 through 75, I believe. And even (laughs) to bring it more relative, not to date these good brothers on the podcast, but around the time we were graduating and the dot-com bust happened, That's when LinkedIn was formed. So what I would say to everybody listening, stay diligent, stay focused on your path, create something new, create new ways to do things and operate, but more importantly, do what I do. Get two brothers, two friends, two sisters, two cohorts like yourself, plot, plan, strategize, and at the end of this, we'll come out better for it as an individual, as a group, as a collective, and as a society. That's today's motivational moment from three to houseway. But I think, you know, in concluding this segment, season two, episode one, I think the biggest thing is it's not necessarily a transition of power. It's more so of speaking power to truth and how we handle the truth. We can't let the narrative of something be the base of something just based on how good of a story it is. We can't let, we have to let the truth come out. And it's coming out one way or another. Like, Mm -hmm. to me, (laughs) if you want to talk about Georgia, and I'm not talking about in no disrespect to our Morehouse brother, Pastor Warnock. All the credit goes to Stacy. Absolutely. Yes. Like what she has done. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like let's not be clear. Like, and I'm saying that not only from the fact of how she plot, planned, strategized, mobilized, got everybody ready. She could have threw in her hand when they stole the governorship from her. Yeah, true. Because they stole it from her if we want to be factual. If you want to talk about a real death at the ballot box. No, 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 that's a fact. <laughs> like, they stole it from her. I was out laying on Stacey, like, you know, several years ago. When I first heard, you know, Stacey Abrams, the guy introduced to her, she was she was the politician I've been waiting my whole damn life for. You know, one who, who was not only who would speak truth, but also was, con- you know, just had a conviction, right? That there was like... I'm not trying to go out to both fuck Bubba and goddamn fucking, you know, Ranburn or or, or 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 whatever. 
I'm I'm trying to get the people who are trying to do something, you know, about improving Georgia and, and moving the state along, right? Yo, I think that again is a microcosm, bro, of the false narrative of the transition of power. Because one of the ways that America has sought to um, eliminate on, on some level and dilute people's power is to take away their vote. And so how do you have a peaceful transition of power when you have intentionally removed your citizens from showing their power? So Governor, you know, Kemp would say, well, I'm the, I'm, I'm the, I was voted governor of the state. And, and we can go to Sanchez and Florida, even though your boy done hit some rocket patches. We can talk about that at another, on another podcast. Um, uh, you know, we, we, so there are several states where we can talk about there's, you know, what, what Trump did was different than what Republicans normally do. Trump tried to eliminate votes on the back end. How, yes, and what, but in <laughs> to your point, even in Georgia, how can you be in charge of purging the votes for the office that you are running for? Exactly. So you refereeing. <laughs> so not only are you playing in the game, you refereeing the game. Right. You tell when yeah. the buzzer go off, and you score. Right. So. And then, then, then don't resign until then don't resign your governorship until a, a couple of days after the election. Until the work is done. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so that I mean that so so again, that's what I'm saying. Like this, this to your point about speaking truth to power, bro. bro we have to be diligent with this ideal about just not letting people get away with these bullshit ass narratives because we know the we know the narratives. We know they bullshit. I mean, and, and, and it's up to us to continue to say, well, hold on now. This, this can't be a peaceful transition of power because if it was a peaceful transition of power, then that, that means the rules are fair. And that's right? what I mean by now. We can't just, quote unquote, move on and heal. Right. No. <laughs> we got to fix what's going on. In closing. Remember to support higher education, vocational, and technical training. If you need a place to give back and help others, the place is morehouse.edu.